0: Lorimer's words were still ringing in his ears as Daniel pulled his backpack from the boot of the Lexus. The story of that massacre in the Glen was so vivid that he had glanced across Ranachmoor several times, as if to expect the sight of bloodthirsty Highlanders careering over one of the dark ridges, even though the scene of that historic event was still some way ahead. They would drive through Glencoe itself after today's climb, Lorimer had promised. It's well worth the extra few miles he told Daniel. Then he'd begun a tale that had made the man beside him stare towards the mountains, imagining the events from over three centuries ago. The massacre of Glencoe had taken place on a cold February day, Lorimer told him, when men in that part of the world were ruthless bandits, marauding the settlements of other clans and carrying off their livestock. It put Daniel in mind of the Matabele tribesmen in his homeland of Zimbabwe, notorious for their warlike ways against their more peace-loving Shona neighbours. Yet this story had an edge to it that made Daniel Cohey shiver. The MacDonalds of Glencoe had welcomed the Campbells into their midst, Highland hospitality being one of their foremost traits, only to have these visitors gather during the night and slaughter them. There was much more to the tale, Lorimer had said, giving Daniel a wry smile as he navigated the road winding over bleak moorland, and he would tell him the rest, as they drove through Glencoe itself. Now the mountain he had seen from afar rose above them. ''Ochal Etiv Moor, the big hill of the Etiv Shepherd,'' Lorimer grinned. ''Or maybe it's the hill of the big Etiv Shepherd, whoever he was. Anyhow, that's a rough translation from the Gaelic name.'' ''It's certainly big,'' Daniel admitted tightening the straps of his pack and taking a deep breath of the fresh morning air. There it was, this mountain as a child might draw it, the topmost peak thrusting into a clear blue sky. Winter was still clinging to this place, gullies filled with snow and a deceptive sun promising more warmth than it actually gave. Couldn't have chosen a better day for a climb, he added, and other people evidently think so too. He nodded towards a couple of vehicles over where Lorimer had parked the Lexus. Aye, but remember this is Scotland. A change can happen pretty quickly and there's no guarantee we'll make the summit if a mist comes down. You've got plenty of spare warm clothes in there? Lorimer nodded towards Daniel's pack. And some of Netta's scones? Daniel grinned, referring to his elderly neighbour who had adopted him when he'd first arrived in the city. Right, that's ten o'clock now, Lorimer said. "'looking at his watch. "'We've enough daylight to make it up and back by mid-afternoon, "'so long as the weather holds. "'I'd love for you to see the view from the top, "'and also Crowberry Tower, a favourite ridge of rock-climbers.' "'Daniel followed the tall figure as he set off along the trail "'that would lead to the best ascent of the mountain. "'Superintendent William Lorimer was an experienced hill-climber, "'and Daniel was happy to stay behind him.' watching the way he stepped over boulders and skirted muddy patches as if he did this every day of his life. The temperature was a few degrees above freezing, and although there was no wind chill here, sheltered as they were by the flanks of the towering mountain, both men had come prepared with thick gloves and fleece-lined hats pulled over their ears. Lorimer had brought crampons and an ice axe too, though he hoped not to need either on such a still calm day. Mid-march could be notorious, he'd warned his friend, turning from conditions like these into a sudden blizzard with little warning. They'd taken all the precautions, of course, consulting forecasts and making sure others knew their destination. Too many climbers came to grief by lack of preparation, Lorimer explained, and Daniel was glad to defer to the man who was marching steadily ahead of him. Straw-coloured winter grasses and russet bracken covered most of the terrain but here and there clumps of early primroses peeped shyly from under mossy banks. In the weeks ahead he would see a lot of change, Lorimer had promised, as the hedgerows began to green and bare-branched trees came into leaf. It had been a cold November day that had heralded Daniel's arrival in Glasgow, and he was yet to experience any season other than winter. But even he could feel a change in the air, as he inhaled the fresh, sweet scent of bog myrtle. As he looked up, Daniel saw a figure ahead, descending the track, the red jacket and dark trousers steadily coming closer,